This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, Valerian Blockchain announced an option to acquire the Gibraltar Stock Exchange. The London Stock Exchange Group is paying up for failure and there are excellent MSCI results showing just what a data powerhouse can do once again. We hope LSEG is taking notes. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 118. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the week's key news in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Topping the news this week, well, indeed, it's got a little bit of self-interest therein for PLY, Patrick L. Young, this particular voice you're listening to today behind this podcast is the executive director of Valerian Blockchain, the Aquas listed Gibraltar-based business and Valerium this week made the exciting announcement. We have an option to acquire 80% of the Gibraltar stock exchange. It's great to be going public with a deal we've been working on for some months. Elsewhere, there was, well, quite a slapdown from Dubai the boss of the Dubai Multi-Commodities Centre, DMCC, Ahmed bin Sulayem, had the Swiss directly in his sights with a LinkedIn article, The Indelicate Balance of Ethics Against Profit. Essentially, the head of Dubai's commodity exchange took a swipe at Swiss authorities for telling their refiners to tighten up audits on gold imports from the UAE. As Ahmed bin Sulayem noted himself, As a global refining centre, it is plain to see how Switzerland would benefit from sullying the reputation of the United Arab Emirates through such statements. Nearby, Saudi Arabia, they're keen to turn their smaller bourse into a tech IPO hub. The kingdom is seeking to encourage tech companies to raise money on the exchange's smaller Nomu market instead of doing private funding rounds. That should be a big boost to Tadawul if they can make it happen. Elsewhere, the CEO's delivering consistent shareholder returns was a feature in the Financial Times. There was a good piece of analysis with hearty plaudits to many parishioners. Jeffrey Sprecher, Adina Friedman, Henry Fernandez of MSCI, Cibo Ed Tillies and Market Access's Rich McVeigh, all being in the top tier of CEOs measured by the FT's performance metrics. Somebody who wasn't in the FT's metrics table as a top performer was the London Stock Exchange Group CEO. Nevertheless, out of his depth, Dave managed to snag a 25% pay hike this week, despite his results flatlining. Of course, one of the things out of his depth, Dave has managed to achieve was selling the bond platform EuroMTS to Euronext as part of the Borsa Italiana giveaway by the London Stock Exchange Group. Euronext are now bidding to become a key service provider for European Union bonds as a result of that gifting through the idiocy of the LSEG strategy. That's strategy for want of a better term, of course. Over in Singapore, the Singapore Exchange, well, they've opened their office in Gift City in India, the Gujarat International Financial Trading Centre. The NSE SGX Connect may start as soon as January. 
Results this week. It was a frantic week for results in the parish. All of the details were in Exchange Invest. The newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure if you want to be seriously well informed. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at just a couple of highlights. Hong Kong exchanges, their quarterly results were a little bit soggy, but nonetheless, profits are at a record level of plus 15% for the first nine months of the year. If only the same could be said of the CME Group, their revenue of $1.1 billion was shy of the 1.15 consensus figure. The atrophy of CME Group continues, alas. S&P Global, they increased their revenue 13% in the third quarter year-on-year, while the London Stock Exchange had a milk-toast 2%-ish kind of gain thing after they tried their best to shuffle all the numbers, presumably. Very disappointing all round. Ducks of the field, the IEX, that's the Indian Energy Exchange, their net profit surged 67% year on year. Well, we've also got to say there were some impressive results from NASDAQ, which I believe we brought you last week, and also indeed the MSCI, with their revenues up 21.6% for operating revenue. Over in new markets, the power exchange in Montenegro will be coming operational in the second half of 2022. That's the Montenegrin power exchange MEPX, their operator, Berza Elektricnya Energia Belen, which has signed an agreement for service for the creation of the day-ahead power market with various other parties. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of Boris Bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at US$200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me patrick at derivativesvision.com. Elsewhere, seven countries are eyeing a regional securities market in South America, according to Dominican Today. The superintendents of the securities markets of Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic and Panama signed a multilateral MOU to establish the initial basis of coordination and cooperation. Not such a frantic week in deals, but good to see that the European Commission formally approved the acquisition of IHS market by S&P Global. Subject to conditions. Looks as if the UK regulator, they're also going subject to conditions behind this deal, finally closing. Elsewhere, Bursa Malaysia, they've disposed in a couple of tranches in the course of the last week of their remaining shares in the CME Group. And the Sofia Bursa, Bulgarian Stock Exchange, they are seeking shareholders assent to acquire a majority stake in the first MTF in Bulgaria which is run by a local investment company, Capman. And of course, no mention of acquisitions this week can possibly go without mentioning of Valerian Blockchain once again, our bid to purchase 80% of the Gibraltar Stock Exchange, now subject to closure and regulatory approval. Thanks to City AM, The Times, The Daily Mail and The Telegraph in the UK for being ahead of the curve and discussing the Valerian move to acquire the Gibraltar Stock Exchange. It's notable that the Brussels Bugle, that's the Financial Times, which this week slumped to a £35 million loss, and indeed, moreover, is down to selling barely 6,000 copies of the newspaper every day in the UK, didn't actually manage to cover the story. Some parishioners still delude themselves that the Financial Times is a financial newspaper. 
If you're trying to understand the background to the likes of the Valerian blockchain acquisition of the Gibraltar Stock Exchange, then you might want to pick up a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World, published by DV Books, distributed by Ingram Worldwide on Amazon.com and via other leading booksellers worldwide. Don't forget too to check out the IPO vid history. Next week, we've got Peter Leonardos, the former CEO of Sonoba, currently the CFO of market making group OSTC who's going to be leading a very lively conversation about the parish, which will be difficult to be more lively than this week's incredible discussion where we were on the day of the launch of CryptoDad, the fight for the future of money by former CFTC chairman Christopher John Carlo. Christian Carlo joined us for an incredible discussion from we were in Providencialis in the beautiful by nature Turks and Caicos Highlands this week while he was in upstate New York. It's a fabulous discussion. Catch up with it. IPO-vid. You can find us on YouTube. In Cryptoland, China have driven another nail into cryptocurrency mining's coffin. Not only are they looking for added tax clampdowns on anybody who actually managed to trade cryptocurrency during the course of the last year, but the National Development and Reform Commission have added cryptocurrency mining to a list of industries that China seeks to abolish. Elsewhere, the CFTC is investigating Polymarket, a crypto venue for bets on Trump, JLo, and COVID, and the Australian senators they're pushing for the country to become the next international crypto hub. Presumably that's going to be a very virtual crypto hub as no foreigner can actually get into the country currently. Long-standing sore, could it be coming to an end? Mount Gox's creditors have approved a $9 billion payout to all of the creditors. Product news this week, Cebo Global and MSCI, they're expanding their index licensing relationship through 2031. Ferex launched micro crude oil futures on October the 25th. And some folk are worrying about the copper market at LME if it is in danger of becoming somewhat disorderly due to a lack of supply in the vaults. The Nigerian Commodity Exchange, they're going to be trading farm yields on exchange. And indeed, Nigeria also launched the eNaira, the latest central bank digital currency. Speaking of blockchain, in technology news this week, Settle, the vendor of back offices, CSD systems, and also in the forefront of the CBDC marketplace per se, they've open sourced their blockchain code. A very interesting development who's going to be diving in first to assess the tech behind the Settle blockchain. Elsewhere, the new Pakistan Stock Exchange trading system went live. PSX, you may recall, bought the software DTS for $2.85 million from the Shenzhen Stock Exchange before the COVID-19 outbreak in February 2020. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Crowdfunding. Interesting to see Crowdcube reporting £3 million in revenue for Q3. They're working on European expansion, but no mention of a stated P&L. Elsewhere, Cedars, who you may remember wanted to actually merge with Crowdcube earlier in the year, but Antitrust said no in the UK. Cedars are launching a private deal room to open up access to private deals to professional investors. Regulation news this week, the FATF, they are working to strengthen financial transparency and combat the misuse of virtual assets. 
So that's as in, mm, heaven forfend that the world's drug dealers and criminals might abandon the US dollar. That would presumably be a criminal crisis for exorbitant privilege. Elsewhere, the Federal Reserve Board announced a broad set of new rules prohibiting purchase of individual securities, restricting active trading and increasing the timeliness of reporting and public disclosures by Federal Reserve policymakers and senior staff. The Fed will, however, continue to buy anything for its own account, thus wildly skewing the entire economy. Thank goodness their staff will be blameless in the eyes of Senator Focahontas Warren and Bernie Sanders. Career news this week. The former SEC official, Brett Redfern, who was a commissioner at one point in time, has jumped ship. He's departed from Coinbase, where he sat briefly and has moved to serve as chairman of the advisory board of Securitize Inc. Elsewhere, the civil war within Euronext as to who might become the new boss of the Milan Stock Exchange seems to have been settled. Rumour has it that they're going to appoint the MTS bond platform CEO Fabrizio Testa to replace the retiring Raffaele Yerizalmi, a veteran of Borsa Italiana and the London Stock Exchange Group. In Big World, the last major central banker it was possible to regard as having a shred of true credibility has resigned. Perhaps not unsurprisingly, he gave a farewell barb about inflation. Jens Wiedmann, the boss of the Bundesbank, has resigned, and this also leaves open the chairmanship of the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS, too. Having, it seems, become more sceptical still about the mad money QE nonsense, which will in time look like the equivalent of fiscal gender pronouns when the world awakes from its curious 21st century peccadilloes and gets on with the cyclical history in place of fiscal canutism. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thank you very much for listening to this 118th podcast. We'll be back for week 119th episode next week. Have a great week in life, blockchain and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.